Yeah, bro. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sally. I'm Linda. And I'm Ming. Pour yourself a cup of tea and join us for this week's episode of Moving Oolong. Aloha from Hawaii. Uh, (laughs) Oh my gosh. This week on today's episode, we have a very fun topic. You know, you've been hearing about us talking, mentioning climbing and all our weekly recaps recently. And today we decided to finally sit down and give y'all the whole like the whole spiel about climbing, um, including our analysis on the tech bro climbing um, stereotypes and all that and for that we brought on a special guest today which you probably have also heard us mention several times on the podcast but we have a very special guest you may guess by now who it is but anyways on to the weekly recap so linda i heard that you took a trip this weekend to annapolis rocks how was that <laughs> well we were all there <laughs> at Annapolis Rocks. Well, Ming and I took a trip to Sally's neighborhood because Annapolis Rocks is actually in Frederick. But anyway, we were there to do outdoor climbing, uh, Sally and I, for the first time. And we were top roping, which is where you like you put the rope on the top of the like cliffside or something, like the surface, and then you climb up using the rope and then you have a harness. So we did that for the first time. It was like an all-day affair um so we got there really early in the morning ming excavated me out of bed at six thirty. <laughs> i was on time for once <laughs> we went to go go climbing and we actually made it to the top of the 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 climb the rock and um, plus yeah, rock. the rock yeah <laughs> and the thing is it was like a two-mile hike to the place itself so we were all i was busted by the time we yeah because we were cli- <laughs> we were carrying all the climbing gear with us so everyone was, was doing a yeah. pre-climb workout yeah mm-hmm. and we had machine ramen it hits different a classic we in camp. yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh and then we took some pretty pictures and then anything to add to recap i'm just telling mm-hmm. you guys what we just did you guys so, filmed tiktoks we didn't film yeah. it. We were just practicing. <laughs> oh, I filmed you, but I guess it wasn't an actual tickle. Oh. I just have lots of videos of your We're not good enough yet, practice. but we're trying to do the get into it. Yeah. Dance. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had a nice evening as Carlos's estates. <laughs> you mean Butler's yes. estate? <laughs> rolling estate. <laughs> He's basically at Butler's. Like it's yeah. it was literally a minute drive, but what yeah, did you he think? pulled out all this food and he was like, This is sponsored yeah. by Butler's. <laughs> Butler's Orchard. <laughs> what did y'all think of your first time climbing outdoors? Thoughts? It was fun, but it was easier, I guess, just to do the top rope without mm-hmm. like ch- the challenging part. It was easier than I thought compared to indoors because I guess you can use any rock that there is in nature. So God made the path easy. <laughs> <laughs> what, Except what for about that you? overhang. Yeah. yeah, it was mm. fun. I think I was, we were like talking about the origin of climbing, like bouldering and indoor climbing. And it was like climbing outdoors was the original activity for survival. And then Ming and I were having a discussion about how we circled back and we're doing it now for recreation. Mm -hmm. But I did enjoy the thrill of survival mode. 
I guess. Because when I got to the ledge, I was like, I'm on the edge of a cliff. If I don't roll over right now, I'm going to, I don't know, fall off. <laughs> so it was like more creative and more like stressful, I guess, than bouldering at Earth Treks. But it was really fun. I'm kind of glad like we better? got to the top. Oh, yeah. Oh. I don't know. I kind of want to try outdoor bouldering to get like the yeah. full range mm-hmm. of things to decide like which one's better, I guess. But I would have been like so discouraged if I didn't couldn't make it. So I'm glad that we we did that at least, and it was doable at once. Mm-hmm. What do you think, me? I had a lot of fun just for the whole social aspect of it. Like the fact that we literally spent the entire day. I I think I calculated almost twenty hours together that day including like when we got like coffee together and then all the way till nighttime and it was a long day but I had a lot of fun and being outdoors especially in that weather it was like perfect fall weather not too hot or cold so it was like an ideal outdoor situation so I really enjoyed that I think um I don't enjoy the stress of fearing for my life as much as you do really? you don't like <laughs> no. living on the edge I think I'm literally too, the edge. <laughs> I'm like unwilling to take risks because I didn't trust the rope or the blame as much as I should have. Or you mean Linda? Yeah, hey, perhaps <laughs> you're alive. <laughs> um, yeah, because at bouldering, you know, it's like on you to finish or on you to jump down. But like, I I don't know. It's more of like a mental thing, I guess, to like trust the rope, even though you know it'll hold you. And like, I wasn't really. As willing to jump off like Sally was. L- Sally was like flying, <laughs> flying back. <laughs> I was not about to do that. It wasn't that yeah, bad. Maybe outdoor bouldering will be a good in between for me. But yeah. yeah, I had fun overall. Northwest branch next time. It's coming up. <laughs> Stay tuned. What else did okay. you do, Linda? Yes. Um. Oh. We went climbing on Monday. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) Well, if the listeners don't like climbing, they better turn off the episode now because this whole episode is just going to be talking about climbing. You know, we should have mentioned this to transition, but whatever. I don't think I really did that much um, last week. I'm getting confused what day it is. You saw Shang-Chi yesterday, right? Yeah, I think that's more important in the bold ring. Talk about that. Tell us your thoughts. Yeah, so Em and I went to see Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Yesterday, it was really nice because there were only two other people. And oh, wow. In the whole the theater? theater? Yeah, in the wow. whole theater. <laughs> I bet that those two other people thought they were going to be alone, but then we showed up. <laughs> yeah. I really liked it. Um, well, mm-hmm. at the end, we were just like, it was a Marvel movie. Yeah. That was the genre. Yeah, yeah I really liked the fighting. I think yeah, it's like, better to watch than like the usual, like, shooting and like mm-hmm. the lasers and whatever and it was really I like watching hand to hand combat it's more dynamic mm-hmm. i guess yes and i oh realized that Sally's going to start taking like tai chi <laughs> and like fighting class <laughs> kravaga okay Sorry. yeah what were your thoughts i don't think we discussed it cuz uh, like maybe i wasn't listening I think, oh, I think and i discussed it. it we definitely yeah, did. You guys discussed it. i think we did it on the pod too yeah, but yeah we were talking about daddy long Oh yes, I know of course. That was now. many weeks ago already. <laughs> now you know. Now you're hip, Linda. <laughs> you know so the sad. first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a good Marvel movie, like for what it was. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I did my duty as an Asian American. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> 
Oh, to Ming? Oh, me? Oh, oh. oh. Ming can go first. Yeah, Sally has the most exciting <laughs> update. So, yeah, I'll go next. I guess you already talked about all of our climbing adventures. Um, yeah, and this whole episode will be dedicated to that. So, um, besides that, in my life, I guess the roommate situation is kind of hopefully salt like solidifying like um there were a lot of um people that we like talked to and then a few that we actually interviewed with and then finally we narrowed it down to two people and then last night one of them like or actually this morning she told us that she was dropping because she found (gasps) um subsidized housing which is great for her because it's like four hundred dollars a month like Mm -hmm. that's so cheap gosh in dc it's crazy so you know, all the best for her. And since she's new to the city, she still wants to meet up and be friends. So I got her contact information, you know, we'll make mm-hmm. a new friend. But um, we found another person. And so now our house might all be UMD grads. It might be like <laughs> a turp house, which I'm honestly not mad about because at least it gives us one thing in common, like to start with. And we're all Wait, around the same age. House or- it's going to be like majority RAs, actually, wow. which is kind of wild. If these people like come through, so we'll see. Um, I have a meeting with all of them tonight after this call. So, <gasps> all of them? what if they don't get along? I know. But then I'm, you I'm guys so get scared. I'm scared yeah. that like they're not going to get along with each other, or like they're also going to do a house tour while I'm in um, San Francisco. They're going to do it this weekend, and like, what if they hate the house? So <laughs> there's still like a lot of uncertainty. But I really like these two people, so I hope it works out. And I'm just like stressed because mm. I'm like the group secretary because. You know, I've taken that upon myself of, to be like the one messaging everyone and sending everyone the Zoom links and the calendar invites that I'm like, oh my gosh, doing all of this on the side of like my You're actual like the project work. manager. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this this is a project, and I'm like drinking my black tea this morning, like getting a buzz going. Um, so I hope it all works out, um, the timing and everything. But it's exciting actually to like think of these people as my roommates. Like I'm already dreaming of what it's going to be like like working together sitting in the dining room eating together and <laughs> are you gonna throw my hopes let down oh you know we're about to <laughs> you better i don't even have a say in it i think carlos I'll and sebastian will take over yeah that was one of the roommate questions we had during the interview like how do you all feel about drinking in the house <laughs> so yeah i'm excited but maybe there might be more updates next week um mm. that's all i have sally okay well i'm in hawaii so that's my update i wonder why you said aloha <laughs> <laughs> yeah calling in from hawaii for my cousin's wedding which is on saturday like the coming saturday so we're just here to chill for a few days before and after the wedding got here yesterday in the afternoon and it's a six hour difference so it's kind of hard to talk to people back at home, I guess, because that's a factor in the time difference. Mm. But we make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I haven't really done much. I was supposed to go on a hike this morning, but then we just ended up going to Costco. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> oh that's what gosh. it's like going on vacation with your parents. But it's <laughs> fine, I guess. Are they trying to do active stuff? Like, yeah, they are. But I don't think I can do like too intense of a hike with them. Oh. Especially my, my dad, it's really he gets really like out of breath whenever we do like, uh-huh. intense hikes. So mm. let's take it easy. We saw the sunrise this morning, and our condo that we're renting is um, on the east side of the island. So 
saw like the sunrise Ooh. over the water. It's really nice. Did you intentionally really stay up? Or because yeah. of like the time difference? No, I was just because of the time difference. I woke up at like six and the sunrise wow. is at 630. So we caught it. That's and we're so right pretty. by the beach. Yeah, it's so nice. Like the weather here is so nice. Everyone's chill. Um, there's chickens everywhere. I woke up to the sound <laughs> of chickens like calling. <laughs> and yeah, it's just a very nice, relaxing vacation. I better see so a beach far. TikTok from you and Abigail. A beach TikTok? Abigail's yeah, not here. out on the sand. We left her in Maryland. <gasps> oh my gosh, I forgot. <laughs> That's so cruel. That is so cruel. You get oh. your dad to film you. <laughs> my dad with his drone. He already flew his drone a he's few a times today. Yeah, he brought the drone here. Oh my uh, gosh. And he's like flying it around. And today we went to this overlook, um, like overlooking a waterfall. And he flew his drone around and people like these like middle-aged white people were like staring at us and be like, ooh, good job. <laughs> Wait, the drone fun. reminds me of like when we were climbing and I was like halfway up the face mm-hmm. and I kept hearing the buzzing of like the drone like circling <laughs> up on me. Yeah, I wanted the to like swat is- it away. <laughs> My dad's drone isn't as loud as the drone we saw while climbing, oh, so it's okay. not like a, it's not as unnatural, I guess. That's nice. But I was trying to take pictures of the sun sunrise this morning, and his drone was in the way. <laughs> it's like a little bird, a blue, like a speck in my pictures. When technology competes, and you have like, oh, well, was he taking photos or just like I don't know He's how drones like work. videos, photos, oh, everything. Okay. Yeah, you can do whatever. Wow. I can't wait to see his vlog. vlog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was like, I didn't go back and edit this video. <laughs> <laughs> you can help him out, Sally. <laughs> Do you plan yeah. to go climbing in Hawaii? Climbing I didn't my shoes because, rocks. well, one, I don't have chalk. And two, I would just go by myself because no one in my family climbs. So unfortunately, oh. no. But we should go on a Hawaii trip and go climbing because there's a lot of cliffs here and a lot of good rocks to climb. In oh the future, God, if you fall, you just fall into the water. Well, that's drown. that's a different thing. That's deep water soloing. Oh, she oh, remembers oh, deep water solo. Yeah, but okay. it's kind of scary. Yeah, because what if you fall wrong and just hit your head on a rock? Actually, though, and you die. That, that should be a fear. Yeah, helmet, so, Sally. I didn't bring a helmet. <laughs> next time, we'll go on a climbing trip. Next time. Go farther than Annapolis rocks. Okay, well, as Sally introduced at the top of the episode, today we're going to be talking about a topic that has come into our lives a lot recently now. If you're avid listeners, you know that we can't stop talking about rock climbing. So we brought on someone who I guess we've started climbing with pretty recently, um, Kevin, our good friend, Kevin. Um, So I think we should introduce him and then we can get into the topic of the week. So Kevin, do you want to introduce yourself? Like what do you do for work? And then maybe a little bit of how you got into climbing. Uh, Sure. Hi, I'm Kevin. I'm their good friend now, apparently. I didn't know I leveled up. Um, Yeah, I'm a software engineer at some tech company. And I've been working there for two years uh, ever since I graduated. And then I've been climbing for about five years, maybe. Uh, pretty much just like since freshman year of college. And I've been pretty consistent with that, um, especially recently. I don't know. Took a break during COVID, but who didn't? Yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> yeah, you have a lot more climate experience than us, which I think is going to be good for this topic, especially the fact that you have been to be a software engineer. But we can get into that later. 
Um, I think Linda and I have talked about this topic a little bit, so we thought we'd bring it to the podcast, the idea of like, I don't know, once you join a new community, you like notice the trends in it, right? So yeah, I think it's because I, I never felt like we were the type of people who would get into climbing, especially in college. I like never thought that that would be my main hobby before I started doing it. And so it's interesting to get into. I think it's time to address the climbing saga since we keep talking <laughs> about it. A whole episode dedicated just for climbing. So I think I'll just give some demographics that I looked up. I love to look up the stats behind a new episode. So since we're talking about climbing, and I think we'll get more into details of like demographics and things like that, but that's sort of where this episode is going. So I looked up the latest demographics I could find of the U.S. climbing. It's from the American Alpine Club. And in 2019, they found that 4.4% of all Americans climb indoors, which actually a lot of people when you think about it it's a lot more than i thought i thought i was special or something (laughs) but 4.4 percent is quite a lot and 82 percent of them are white followed by the second highest is seven percent asian so it's like a big discrepancy already um 58 are male but there's a larger uh, difference between uh, men and women when you get to outdoor climbing and then most are between the ages of 18 and 35 so i think we fall within that bracket pretty easily And I included some income information because I think that might come into play later. But 28% of climbers make between 50 and 99.9K. So a lot of money for some people. Um, So I think that sets like the foundation of what we'll talk about, just setting the, I don't know, demographics and how they play into like the stereotypes that we see or the people that we see in the gym. Do you think it's real from what you've seen at the gym? I mean, based off what we've, what I just listed, I can see that directly in the gyms that we've climbed in. It seems like a lot, a though. Eighty-two percent white. I feel like it's not that high. Like I feel like there's other races at the gym, at least our gyms. Well, I think the, the area we that we're in yeah. really contributes to that. But I was mostly supplied, surprised by the gender divide. I thought it was be a lot less equal. I mean, fifty-eight percent is still a majority, but I don't know. Yeah, I like the gyms. They're pretty equal from where we can see mm-hmm. i'm curious to see um if the uh gender divide has changed over the years as climbing has kind of become more mainstream and then more inclusive and then yeah also depends on like the setting style and everything we need like a longitudinal study to show from like the very <laughs> I guess the very beginning of climbing is yeah. probably just like not as sport. It's like for survival, but I guess it would be, <laughs> you know, we're always talking about like getting on the climbs. We're like doing it for survival, survival mode turned on. Um, <laughs> I think that's like an interesting part about climbing, which is a little different from the conversation, but like the idea that it's, um, it's like a thing that was like for survival that turned into a sport. Like, I think it's surviving? different. Well, when you think about climbing, who's climbing rocks for fun at the very beginning of it? Maybe some very adventurous people, but it's like different from other sports where it's like made up. Like basketball is a made up sport. Soccer is a made up sport. Yeah. Yeah. A game where climbing is way more. uh, I don't know. You just have to like get to the top. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, maybe that original, speaks to the type of people that climb. Yeah, what was the original purpose of people 
climbing. Probably to get somewhere, get like somewhere. get on top of get a mountain up. or something. But why? For to, food? I don't know, to <laughs> gather like a specific mushroom that was at the top of the mountain or something. <laughs> mushroom. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but like, it's like running and stuff. Mm. So has it become more inclusive? Yeah, you've been climbing for a while, Kevin. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I feel like it. I feel like it has. Um, there's still a lot of issues in the like community as well, um, in like all levels, like locally or internationally. Um, but I think yeah, as it becomes more mainstream and as people, uh, more people climb and like more different types of people climb, as it becomes more accessible, there are more gyms opening up everywhere. It kind of forces um like people to um just like interact with different types of people at the gym and i feel like that will just cause in any like hobby or sport it kind of forces it to become more inclusive um Mm -hmm. and i know um you know because it kind of becomes like a community thing and uh, there are all sorts of community events. I know Earthtrex does a lot of um, like women X climbing events, like ladies only climbing or um, other stuff going on as well. Um, yeah, so I feel like that helps. At the, when we first introduced you, you gave like a very very brief summary <laughs> of how you started climbing. But I'm curious, like what motivated you to start climbing? Because I think, um, well, I speak for myself. I guess a barrier to entry for climbing was the idea of a climber. Did not seem like who I was. Like I didn't fit that image in my mind. So I think that really prevented me from like going out there and getting started. But did you feel that, or I don't know, what really motivated you to get into it? Um, I think, honestly, yeah, I think a big part of it was like when I first started climbing at, um, the wall at UMD, um, I kind of enjoyed it because I was kind of half decent at it in the beginning. And I feel like that was help, uh, really helpful. I think my, just like personally, my like build is really helpful for climbing. Like I'm not, I'm really skinny. I have a good like strength to weight ratio. And I feel like that helped with some mm. aspects of climbing. Um, and I don't know, I just kind of liked the, um, the individual aspect of it, honestly. Like I could, like compared to a team sport, in a team sport, you if you mess up, there's a lot of like pressure from other people, like you let your team down. But when oh, you're yeah. climbing, it's just mm-hmm. yourself. You um, and your projects exactly yeah so like you're just working on yourself and like working on um improving like your strength or your technique or your flexibility um and everyone else is also there to like do the same uh similar thing and it's always nice to see other people like achieve their goals as well so it's a really supportive community as well Mm -hmm. did you play other sports before climbing like, did you have any <laughs> athletic background? I'm just curious. Uh, I played tennis in high school. And mm-hmm. then, oh yeah. so the reason I actually started going to the climbing wall was uh, I was doing Frisbee for like a few months, but then Frisbee changed times. So I couldn't uh, do it with my class schedule, but the climbing wall was open uh, like at the e- in the evenings. So I would just go there um, after classes. And then eventually I just started going there a lot and then got a job there and then I spend most of my time there 
in college. Yeah, it worked out so. for you. Mm-hmm. That's interesting of your background because I think, I don't know, Linda, have you done sports before? Sally and I played a team sport. Honestly, it was just because it was there, not because I was like super, <laughs> super trying to be athletic and passionate about it. I think it was just it, to do a sport in high school. Like yeah, a lot of people just had to their stay thing. Active. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you? Linda like, didn't do anything. No. That I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever want to, or you had like no interest in like sporty beans? I think I climbing know, was like the first exercise that I was really interested in because I think I was talking to this with Ming because you can see like mm. gratification pretty fast. Because usually with exercise, I don't feel any changes in myself or like how I look. You're not but doing it harder in enough, climbing. Linda. <laughs> you do like you look like one pound weights when you do clay things. <laughs> Sally is the athletic one, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, let's Our hear coach. Sally's story. Mm-hmm. My story? Mm-hmm. I think I like the social aspect of it. And it's like an excuse, like, because it's kind of like an excuse to hang out with people, but also you have like a purpose because you're working out. So mm-hmm. I think I read this in one of the articles that you cited. Oh, you cited. read my articles? I know, I read your articles. <laughs> wow. Okay, okay. I think it was like the Vice one or the New York Times one. But basically, they were like, um, a lot of people also said this that it's harder to meet up with friends now that everyone's like busy and has their own Mm, schedule. And especially because you're not all on campus. So it's like, you have to drive somewhere to meet up. So if we all, it's like easier to meet up with a a purpose in mind and like with a schedule. So we know Mm -hmm. like weekly Monday nights, we're at our tricks Rockville. (laughs) (laughs) You can track us down. Yeah. (laughs) And like, we are there for like, we have a reason to be there. So it's like, already like a weekly scheduled meetup mm-hmm. between us that so. is something that i like about us two or us three i guess including myself is that we have basically the same interests like when we did that whole chloe ting summer <laughs> like we were all down to to do it several times a <laughs> Me week and, you. and then oh, wait, well, linda, linda came like, along on oh, saturdays <laughs> I just get dragged. She, she joined us on the weekends but yeah that i mean at least at the very least you're draggable like you're willing to to come to things so <laughs> I think that makes like trying out new things, not even sports, but I guess like because of this conversation, climbing, it made it a lot more fun um, and easier to get into to have someone who's also beginner to start with. Because I imagine, I don't know, the few times that I've gone by myself, it's pretty intimidating. And I don't know if it's because of the what the people look like necessarily, but maybe just like comparing yourself and your skill level. So mm. it's good to yeah, have Kevin, beginners. you said you were like half decent at it when you started which made it more appealing but do you feel like climbing is generally accessible like is it on the same level as playing soccer or like playing Mm -hmm. kickball or something because I think the act of like climbing itself can be pretty taxing and people may struggle with it so is it like on that same entry-level activity uh, I can't t- speak to like playing soccer or anything like that, but I feel like a tennis, <laughs> like a tennis. tennis. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing with the thing with those other sports is that um, you need other people to play with, and generally on your same skill level, so it can be harder to find people um, who will like you know if you're not good enough, like maybe you can't play with um, the cool kids. <laughs> um, but yeah, with climbing, like you can kind of go and improve like yourself. I do see how it would be. Um, it can definitely be intimidating seeing people like climb crazy mm-hmm. stuff that you can't even 
like start <laughs> or touch um like you just like touch you just try and like hold on to the start hold and you can't um so that can definitely be intimidating but like i said i feel like it can be because it's individual and if you do have like a motivation either from yourself or from like some friends that you're going with um it can be really easy to improve uh mm-hmm. ming i was gonna ask you oh you said that you felt intimidated when you went climbing by yourself mm-hmm. uh like a few times have you gone climbing recently because you've been climbing for a few months now and like i've seen you get stronger and improve like have you gone wow you're his your prodigy yeah have you gone climbing have you gone climbing solo by yourself like recently and if so do you feel less intimidated um so i've only gone climbing two times and both times were when i had the the, I guess the past the month past so it has been recently but I will say that it ha- there was a difference between the first time and the second time I think feeling more confident just going into the gym and knowing what to do and then also what projects I'm going to work on that sort of thing really helps so it's I feel like it's the same of any new situation eventually if you do it enough you become familiar with it and it becomes more comfortable you're willing to do it alone or make mistakes alone so it has gotten better and I think like doing it regularly really helps but I wanted to go back to um the barrier to entry or the lack of or if there is one because I think another thing that besides skill level um but accessibility wise like climbing is I mean we were pretty lucky yeah we were pretty lucky (laughs) to have a wall at our college which most people don't have or the fact that we even went to college and we had this resource there and that's where I went a few times and I realized I liked it enough, but it is expensive. It's not like another like soccer where you just buy like a, I don't a know, ball. how much is soccer ball? Like $10? Yeah. <laughs> depends $10? on how. Depends on the ball. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> the quality just of the ball. a cheap <laughs> soccer ball and then like go out to a local field and kick it around. Like for climbing, especially if you're new, you're not going out by yourself in the wilderness and climbing. You most likely go to a gym <laughs> where you have to pay for. So I think that's another barrier i guess and it kind of makes sense now like the demographics that i read off at the beginning like uh, average income and stuff like that the people who climb like that's also something to keep in mind i guess like yeah it's expensive it's i feel like it's almost in the same class of like skiing or Mm. what's another sport where you need that's so interesting (laughs) horseback riding (laughs) yeah yeah um because like you i mean you can just go outside and like find a rock and climb up it or I don't but know. But you might die. Just, yeah. You don't have gear. Especially if you're like, new. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like a hop a fence or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, if you go to a climbing, especially like a climbing gym, there's usually like a day pass, um, which is like, can be anywhere from like $20, $30, uh, depending on mm-hmm. where. And then you generally want climbing shoes. Um, and if you want to keep doing it, you need a membership and, a climbing gym membership is pretty expensive. It's usually like twice as much as like just a normal gym <laughs> yeah. that has like weights and a mm. pool. I don't know what normal gyms have. <laughs> Our gym just went up in price today or not today, but yeah, they sent it shared email. the announcement today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When the good thing yeah, about the seven was the past. Yeah. <laughs> it really takes such an expensive exercise. I know. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. so it definitely can be inaccessible in that way. And I think that does lead to the um, 
the specific demographic of people that you mm-hmm. like the type of people you see at a climbing gym um it's it's a certain demographic it's a certain socioeconomic class um and it definitely can be exclusive in that way yeah at least slightly um it can be intimidating mm-hmm. um financially you know for newcomers yeah and i th- I think that all plays like everything comes together because because of the people who climb informed by their income, like those are the people you think of when you think of climbers. Like I always thought of kind of like, yeah, like um, young white men typically or someone who has the time and the money to climb and that's intimidating. So it's like a, a little cycle, I guess, that kind of repeats on itself. So actually getting into that world, I think that's what I enjoy about climbing too. Like not just the physical and being able to achieve, but I told this to Linda and maybe Sally, but I'm like, if only little Ming or like middle school (laughs) Ming or high school (laughs) Ming even could see myself now, the fact that I'm like in the gym, like twice a week climbing, like I would have never pictured that for myself just because it seemed totally like foreign or different from what my family does or what we typically do as friends so yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. what about you you were like a driving force in getting us into climbing (laughs) i'm glad i did you drive kevin did you have the same i don't know did you know any friends who climbed or did you have any perceptions of it at all before going into it um before college not really i think my first introduction was in college uh i may have gone once in like high school or something as part of some program or whatever but um Mm. yeah i i also agree with you um like with my family's like specific background like stuff like climbing or skiing or like camping they weren't things that i did as a child um Mm. those were just not like vacations that we took or um, experiences that like opportunities that I had as a kid. Um, So I do find it interesting now that I am um, like in a situation where I can do that. It feels, I don't know, like it's cool that I can do that, but I think it's good to be aware of that discrepancy because there are are people who like, you know, this is not an easy, like this is not an easy hobby that they can just get into. Yeah. Right. Mm, yeah. yeah. Kevin, you're mm. second January. Uh, yes. Right. Wait, Why are you unsure? On. Well, I forgot. Were your parents uh, immigrants? My parents were immigrants. Your I was brother born, has 1.5. You know, I guess 1.5 because he, well, he came when he was like two. Yeah. So does that really <laughs> count? I guess it doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> second gen, uh, I think like, yeah, within my immediate family, me and my brother were mm. the first to go to college and graduate. Mm, yeah, because my family doesn't like camp or like ski or oh like, my gosh, do that stuff either. Yeah, I can totally relate to the skiing comparison because my family <laughs> has never ever done anything like skiing. Whenever I think of skiing, I think of like going to the chateaus in the winter, like having the <laughs> money. It's like, such a big thing. It's right? just, I don't know. That's, that's yeah. Wow. That's how I viewed it growing up. Is like this like very expensive thing to do because. You have to pay to learn how to do it. You have to pay for that mm. equipment. And it's just nothing that ever came to my family's mind. And so when you compare rock climbing to skiing, I'm like, oh, yeah, wait. I guess they are kind of on the same level of having the, maybe not the same amount of equipment, but it's like taking the time to go out and do that. It, it like when I told my grandma, climbing you do mm, as well. that is true. <laughs> that is true. I think 
bouldering gyms have made it way more accessible, at least for like city people. But when I yeah. told my grandma that I was paying money to go climb stuff, <laughs> she was like, why? Yeah. <laughs> why? And I was afraid to tell her how much. So when she asked, I was just like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's just a new hobby that I'm spending money on. <laughs> she did not understand it, really. Linda, how mm-hmm. do your parents react to your climbing hobby? They're like, oh my god, it's so dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, you've always liked to climb stuff as a kid, and then like you fell off of this thing, and then you fell off of that thing. And then they like still tell falling. me all these stories. <laughs> but being a stallion, I still feel like we're talking from like an outsider perspective. Like we view ourselves as outsiders when yeah. it comes to climbing. And even when I try to like get into it, like go into like climbing TikTok or like climbing Reddit, mm. it's like weird stuff, like climbing circle jerk or whatever <laughs> and it's like that's a I haven't yeah. seen yeah I haven't seen the media that discusses climbing other than your articles Ming from yes. like an entry level yeah. perspective like where we are right now hmm. I think the Olympics helped a little bit though because mm. I do remember like this year was the first year it was shown and my mom watched it and she was like pretty amazed and she's like Ming you're gonna do that right and I'm like please don't <laughs> talk to me about that <laughs> But yeah, I think also something that Stefan brought up when he came climbing with us is that another, I guess we're still talking about barriers, but another reason why I still don't feel part of the community quite yet is there's so much jargon. There's so many like mm. nicknames mm. and like yeah. little words to learn. Like the oh when you gosh. get a, a pulled piece a of flapper. skin, it's called a flapper. <laughs> but like, like when you, you could just climb like a little injury. Yeah, when you guys went yeah. those two times, I think after the first time that we like really started climbing and then there was like a break and then you guys went two times without me and then you guys came back <laughs> with all this jargon like oh i'm gonna send this project and i was like what is going on who are they it's like super obnoxious but i will say like using those terms has helped me feel more comfortable like mm. even just being in the gym and talking about it with you guys because i'm like i am one of those well, if ironically. i use this language yeah. <laughs> isn't that what the case think, of Kevin? like isn't that the case with like any hobby though? There's always a bunch mm-hmm. of jargon just because it makes it easier to talk about um, whatever yeah. it is you're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. Can't think of any other examples. I, I guess in rugby, we're like bubble ball or. Okay, that's not jargon. <laughs> but the terms like rucking. Yeah, yeah rucking. Stuff like that. Scrum. Scrums. Like no yeah. one would know what we're talking about. Yeah, I have no idea what yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> it's like found in every hobby, you're right. It, it is part of joining a community, is like picking up that language. Like even something non athletic like crocheting and like talking about like stitches and things like that. Mm, that's like something stitch. that you. Yes. Yeah. You know what um, is? Yeah. <laughs> It is all part of like joining that hobby in the community, but it's like, I don't, I don't know why it's more, I don't know if it is more intimidating or we're just talking about it because it's a new thing in our life. Mm. I'm like still scared to say jargon to other people, like a stranger at the gym. I wouldn't say like, oh, um, can I have beta or something like that? Like, I just can't do it, you know? But I think it's mostly like in our group, we say to each other. Yeah. Because we're more comfortable with each other and we're on the same level. So if we say it ironically or we say it in the wrong way, especially, I don't feel like I'm messing up. But I don't know, Kevin, sometimes I'm like, I need you to define this word for me. <laughs> Pull out a dictionary, <laughs> the climbing dictionary. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's when I remember when I first started, I would be like, I think I joined the club climbing like practice and someone described 
flagging and i was like what what is mm. flagging you know and yeah like the person there like demonstrated it to me and so yeah i, I mean if you ever have questions just you know ask like what's yes. what's the deal of that Our coach. <laughs> yeah. just do you have heaven if you have questions yeah. <laughs> did you did you learn how when you first started climbing were you doing it with a friend at your level or were you completely kind of just doing it on your own before think, you found someone i think when i first showed up there i was on my own like i showed up to the club climbing practice and wow. i was gonna do club climbing but it was uh it was like 8 to 10 p.m and i was like mm. oh i'm commuting so i need to drive home <laughs> so i don't want to stay that way uh so i just went during normal hours and i just kind of kept going um and i guess kind of made friends there um and then eventually like i remember one day i was like oh how do i get a job here because i saw that there were people working there and the uh the staff member she was just like oh just email mike my boss and here's his email and then just say you're interested um yeah oh a fun little side story about uh climbing and inclusiveness and it being intimidating i remember when i was first uh climbing there uh at the umd wall it's outside so especially like in the spring or summer it gets really hot and mm -hmm. uh, people would take their shirt offs outside. Oh. <laughs> and I remember, yeah, I remember thinking specifically like, oh, my goal is to get strong enough that I feel comfortable taking my shirt off. Because I can't be like, oh, let me take my shirt off for this V1, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then I remember, uh, I think like a year later, uh, when I was like feeling strong, um, uh, the like wall supervisor, he was like, oh, hey, we have a new rule uh people aren't allowed to take their shirts off uh, at the oh. wall anymore because it's like um it's not inclusive you know it can be really intimidating for new climbers and mm -hmm. i was like initially i was like oh but i just got strong enough to but like <laughs> i see i see where he was coming from and it definitely makes sense and i think it is a good rule um and yeah i should tell that to the people at crystal city yeah. <laughs> Or yeah, even at Rockville sometimes. <laughs> yeah, there's there's always at least one person in the gym with their shirt off. Um, and I, I mean, I feel like it can help if you're trying to send a project. Sometimes it's just a mental thing. And sometimes maybe losing, I don't know, four ounces of weight, <laughs> how heavy your shirt is, like, can help. But some people um, just walk around with it out. It, like, yeah, some people take keep it off. It's a little like, unnecessary, but... Yeah, I think that was an intimidating thing, like the shirt off thing. Um, I don't think I ever saw it at UMD, but definitely even just going to the gym a few times and seeing that was like startling. But then I realized, which I guess once you climb a little bit more, you realize that muscle, like visible muscle does not necessarily always equal like being good at a climb, right? Like you can be really like buff in a traditional sense and then not have the technique or be too heavy i don't know or yeah, they're, you just they're can't too like send it slab. <laughs> yeah which is i mean that kind of cancels out when people are shirtless for me at least that's what i tell myself right <laughs> like yeah i tell myself they might like look super buff and great but like they might not be able to finish so I it's okay it, i think it's interesting too how the three of us we have like different body types and i guess like different exercise levels but we're all on the similar levels when we're climbing so mm -hmm. we're me and Meg are always like linda has no visible bulk but <laughs> she can so still tall. do it linda's really long tall or yeah. good at climbing <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that that is nice to see and i think when you think of that that helps 
push away some of your insecurities, at least like body insecurities for me, because um, it's way more technical than you would initially think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're still working on technique. Sally's always like, just black out into it. And then somehow <laughs> it like helps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's also nice because even though you can compare yourself with a direct climb, like we can climb the same exact thing and have different results, we might do it in completely different ways, which is also really helpful too. That like, even though we give each other advice or when Carlos or Kevin tries to give us (laughs) advice, sometimes that doesn't work for us. So it's not as, it's not as an easy comparison as like one-to-one, like there's different ways to do it. So I think those are all really helpful things that I keep in mind when I climb. Another mm-hmm. thing with indoor climbing is that there are people who set the climbs, like make them, they make up the climbs. And so they can, you know, make a climb that's like, oh, this is really easy if you can, you know, if you're really burly and you can do a bunch of pull-ups and you can just, you know, bicep your way through it. But then they can also make climbs that force you to have really good technique or force you to be um, really flexible, which... uh some people in the gym are not very flexible, you know? And I always like mm-hmm. seeing those sometimes. Even especially for me, like, it's like, oh, it kind of puts people in their place <laughs> a lot. <laughs> you know, it's I'm like... I'm curious, Kevin. Um, yeah. Hmm? Oh, yeah. It's just like, oh, I fell off this, like, climb that is graded at, like, you know, much lower than what I would normally climb. But because the style is very different, you know, I just slipped off. You were humbled. <laughs> I was humbled, yeah. And I feel like that's always I feel like that's always good. You know, it forces mm-hmm. you to want to acknowledge that like um like oh maybe I'm not that good. <laughs> and then too it gives you like a motivation to like improve on your weaknesses. Uh mm-hmm. yeah, which is also important for climbing. They always say like work on what you're not good at. Mm. This kind of makes me think of what I used to do for work, which is therapeutic recreation which is where we like help people do these kinds of activities like sports or um, some kind of other recreational like arts and crafts, things like that. But it would have different ways Like you could do aerobics underwater and that would help you if you can't like lift your arms up and things like that. I wonder if we're climbing, if there's things like, like how you do the pull-ups, we have like that strap <laughs> thing. Um like things assistance. like that would work yeah like assisted climbing things like that yeah i didn't think about it until we started talking about it in depth mm-hmm. i'm also curious too kevin i i assume that when you worked at umd you set some climbs but i did it's, yes it's <laughs> interesting to hear from that perspective i think because basically it's the similar idea of, I go, I don't know, the people that are making our tech, for example, or the people that are designing things, um, if they're not diverse in ability and, you know, experience themselves, then they create things that aren't necessarily accessible for all people. So when you set, did you ever have that in mind that you need certain, like you want it to be accessible for these certain people or more for tall people, more for short people or different experience levels, that sort of thing? Because um, I, don't, I don't know, I guess... That is the thing about climbing, especially at the gyms where you set the the holds. Everything is subjective to the person that's setting it, right? Mm-hmm. So depending on what they're thinking of or what their experience is, that really influences everyone's climb, basically. Yeah. Um, so I remember at UMD specifically when I was setting, um, 
yeah, we had some rules like don't make climbs that are like completely height dependent. Um, mm-hmm. And also like everyone had to like, even though, even if you were a really strong climber, you had to um, set like easier climbs. Um, and when we were setting, we would usually be in a group. So there would usually be like a range of skill levels. So we would all like ask each other for ideas and be like, Hey, can you try this move? Can you make sure that it's like possible and stuff? Um, but I do you know what you're saying Ming, about um, the diversity in climbing? Cause I remember uh, at UMD, at least there were, it was mostly guys setting um, mm. from like, and it was usually like V4, <clears throat> like V4 climbers and up. Um, mm-hmm. And so that definitely could, I feel like it probably may, did in some cases like skew the type of climbs. Um, we would try to mix up, you know, like the technique, different types of holds, different types of climbs. Um, and, uh, but you know, that, you know, doesn't always work. We did have a few female setters, but it was definitely like one or two compared to like four or five guys, uh, setting. Um, I'm not sure how it is now, but yeah. And also like at Earthtrex Rockville, I remember this was years ago, but I remember watching the, um, the setters like set boulders. And I looked at them like, wow, these are all like tall white guys. <laughs> There's just like four of them. They're all like really strong, tall white yeah. guys. Um, but I think as like, I think like if you set more, especially if you're an experienced climber, um, I feel like you are able to set like different types of climbs. Um, but uh, yeah, there is always that inherent bias of just like, setting stuff that works for like your body type and your strengths. Cause that's the easiest way to set um, right. a climb right. mm-hmm. to just do something that you like, mm-hmm. which I was guilty of sometimes <laughs> at UMB, but not always. I would, you know, it's like, I'm going to set this climb for myself and I'm going to project, oh my, my, project my own <laughs> climb. <laughs> um, but then, you know, you'd still have to set other stuff. This is kind of a side question, but when you set something, do you have to climb it to like prove it or prove the beta or whatever? Uh, or no? I, ideally, yes. Mm. <laughs> ideally, you should be able to climb your own uh, climbs or at least climb um, like all the individual moves. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's like, oh, I can do this first half and then I can do the second half and I can do the move in the middle but uh maybe you are personally not strong enough to do it but someone else might be able to um yeah sometimes there were climbers who would set stuff that are way harder than they can climb and then people would try it's like this is impossible (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it happens sometimes but ideally you can climb what you can set Mm -hmm. Mm. it sounds like a science kind of it really does yeah. yeah But a subjective science at the same time. Like, it seems very subjective. Unlike, I don't know, I guess other games have, like, subjective calls. Like, when you call a foul or something, like, that's up to the ref. So, mm. this is I think we should sports. define beta. For, yes, for our I listeners. I think that was, like, all the climbing terms key uh, vocabulary <laughs> for climbing yeah, culture. There's a whole Wikipedia is of all of the climbing terms. Unlike flapper, where it's, like, literally a flap of skin, <laughs> beta um, was one word that, like, yeah, it was not yeah. that. Natalie was obvious. like a beta male. Or <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, would you like to define it for us? Uh, sure. Beta 
in climbing is kind of, um, I guess, the quote-unquote correct way or intended way to climb a climb. Um, generally, like when a climber, when a setter creates a climb, they have an intended beta in mind. Um, hmm. So they're like, oh, if you, you know, do this, you put your hand here and then you bring your left hand over and then you do this with your foot, you know, that's the way they intended it. Um, and then there's a thing called like breaking the beta where uh, people will find a way to kind of do something that does that the uh, setter did not intend. Um, but maybe because of uh, like, if you're really strong at, um, if you can like, you know, dino past a part, you can break the beta. Or if you're really flexible, you may be able to just like bring your foot up and step over um, what the setter had in mind. So there are a lot of different ways to break um, a setter's beta. And I, that's another thing I like about climbing is that, um, yeah, depending on your individual like body type or strengths, um, you can definitely, you can climb a climb like in infinite different ways. Mm. What about yeah. spraying? <laughs> spraying. Beta spraying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, beta spraying is, so a lot of, um, for some people, a lot of the fun that comes from climbing, especially indoors, is like figuring out the beta and, you know, it's like a puzzle for them and they mm. enjoy, um, you know, figuring out, trying new things, seeing what works for them. And beta spraying is when someone else at the gym kind of uh, just tells you what the beta is. Um, unsolicited. But, unsolicited, yeah. yes. Um, it's like, you know, it's the, it's, I feel like it's the same move as like, hey, say it, don't spray it kind of thing. <laughs> they're just like, they're just like <laughs> spitting it at you and you didn't want to know that. But yeah. once you hear it, you know, it's like the climb is spoiled now. Mm -hmm. And now I know. And then you try it and it's like, oh, it's working. Um, and then also sometimes when I'm climbing something and I hear someone like spray beta behind me, if I can, I'll try to ignore it <laughs> and do mm. something else. Um, but yeah, it can definitely be annoying. Um, and uh, is it typically in your experience too, is it typically like an older white male that sprays you? <laughs> Cause that was our experience, right? It's usually like a yeah. old Several white guy like, I can be our coach. <laughs> Uh, maybe not an older white guy, but it is typically a white guy. Mm. Um, I feel like, yeah, I feel like maybe they are just thinking like, oh, they need advice or whatever. <laughs> I was like, I'm trying to help them, but it's, I don't know. My, my rule of thumb is like, whenever I'm in the gym, I always ask like, Hey, do you want beta for that? Or do you want to know what I did? Um, and then they can say yes or no. And then. Yeah, that's it. And then if they say no, it's like, okay. And then you can watch them struggle on it. And that's fine. And then you can watch them figure it out. And then that's like, you know, also really cool. Um, and they get that sense of figuring it out on their own. Um, yeah, I know. It's, it's basically climbing mansplaining. Mm. Yeah. Yes. That's the best way to describe it. <laughs> Most often in our experience by literally a man, but... I don't know. I guess to circle back to kind of the start of the episode when we talked to you about your background and the fact that you are, I'll just say this, you you do fit the stereotype, <laughs> I guess, that some people have of climbers nowadays. Like it's less 
I mean, there's there's certain stereotypes, right? There's like the crunchy granola people who are outdoor <laughs> climbing <laughs> and like beanies and stuff like that. But then there's this new, I don't know if it's new, but in my head, it's new stereotype of like a tech bro or someone in Silicon Valley who spends their nights after work climbing or, you know, climbing mm. with the bros, that kind of coffee. idea. Very specific, Linda. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I'm curious about your thoughts on that as someone who does work in tech, is like a software engineer and climbs, like what your perception of it is. Um, I mean, like given the fact that, you know, climbing is somewhat, it is like an expensive sport um, and also because um it kind of like fulfills the male fantasy of like being strong (laughs) (laughs) and like appearing strong and being able to be like oh look what i can do um Mm -hmm. it's the primal yeah yeah. (laughs) it's like let me show off my muscles and then they do like some pull-ups or whatever (laughs) yeah i mean i'm not surprised that that is the stereotype um my thoughts specifically about being a stereotype i mean uh i, <laughs> mm. I mean do I you like consciously like... seek out like people who aren't the stereotype or hmm. i mean like within the gym or in general because like when i'm mm-hmm. in the gym i'll talk to whoever usually people mm-hmm. just ask about um like gyms like climbing gym specific stuff like hey how'd you do this move or whatever um but yeah i feel like because um okay so you guys know this i'll just let the audience know uh that i've mentioned like um that you know there are a lot of tech yuppies in the climbing gym and i don't Mm -hmm. necessarily uh hang out with them (laughs) that's not my like friend group of choice um I don't know. I feel like, like there, I'm around at least one tech yuppie climber all the time, and that's me. So <laughs> I don't need to um, surround myself with more of that, I guess. Because I, I don't know. Maybe there's um, it's like easy to stay acquaintances with people that you have a lot in common with on like that hobby level because you can always talk about um climbing or tech stuff or stocks or whatever <laughs> oh my gosh like the Stop. typical like tech, tech people bro. yeah the tech bro like stuff and then but when you're with people who are not uh who come from different backgrounds or have different experiences it kind of forces you to actually um become friends with them <laughs> Or to become like closer, more meaningful friends. Um, and I don't know if you're a tech yuppie climber and you hang out with a bunch of other tech yuppie climbers, go for it. I don't. Yeah, you do whatever you want. Be <laughs> whoever. I'm just one dude with an opinion. Because, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, I I exist in a stereotype. Like I'm used to it. I. I'm an Asian male. My name's Kevin. And um, <laughs> like in elementary school and like high school, people would be like, 
hey, you're good at math. And I'm like, I am. Mm. And they're like, can you help me with this? I'm like, sure, I guess. Um, and, you know, there's always that like self-fulfilling prophecy of like, if you believe that you fit the stereotype, then you will be good at it. Um, mm. So, sorry, I went off topic. What was the original question? No, I think it's... <laughs> um... I don't know what you said kind of reminded me of what we've talked about in some of my Asian American studies classes where there is the feminized stereotype of Asian men. Oh, stereotype um, threat or something. Right? Yeah. And yeah. how they're, they're seen in a very like weakened feminine way. But it's interesting because like you said, Kevin, you're used to living a stereotype, but in a way the climbing stereotype goes against that feminine Asian male stereotype. So like in the article that I read that I guess we'll include in the notes or whatever, um, there was one quote that I pulled out that said the pre- presumptions of what makes a powerful male kind of gets overturned in climbing because you, like we said earlier, you don't have to be the most like super buff person to be able to be a good climber. You said so yourself that you thought you were good at it because you started out being like skinny, <laughs> but <laughs> it's like, I don't know, the the idea of masculinity and strength is not the, the same or the stereotype in climbing right like it, it you don't have to fit a super buff uh form to be a good climber so it's like in some ways maybe that is alluring to i'm just gonna say it to asian men in particular but then in that way more asian men flock to it and then they themselves become a stereotype because then they're the <laughs> asian men climbing you know like it's just, that's so interesting to me that trying to go against a stereotype and go to something else you know, formed its own. I don't know, Linda, was that coherent at all? <laughs> no, that makes sense. I feel like other groups do this, but mm-hmm. in like a more negative way where like men of color try to become like more aggro and stuff like that to overcompensate with, like, white supremacy and like overcompensate. So yeah. it's like the same direction thing. <laughs> can you attest to that thought? <laughs> I mean, okay. I feel like sometimes in climbing, I definitely do feel like a powerful male <laughs> i think it does, <laughs> does only sometimes I mean, only sometimes <laughs> all the time no because you know that i mean um but like i like how in climbing like like you said like you don't have to be a powerful male to be good at climbing also when you say like good at climbing you know like what does that even mean does that mean that yeah. you can climb like overhangs <laughs> um with you know that's just all like mono pockets um but the non-climbers out there those are more jargon oh, yeah sorry those are those are holes that you can only fit one those are holes that you can only fit one pocket uh one finger into so hence oh, mono oh. and then it's a pocket yeah oh. so um oh. yeah but then there's also like you know there's also especially if you go outdoor climbing there's a whole bunch of other like things um like knowledge of what gear to use and like different uh like knots that you would need to know to be safe so you like, can be strong and strategic yeah <laughs> yeah and then also like you know if you're just bouldering it's usually like five to ten hard moves but if you're doing rope climbing you know you have to be um you have to have like a level of endurance um that you have to build up over time and anyone can build up endurance um yeah uh sorry what were we talking about (laughs) (laughs) why do i like 
Why do you like being the powerful male? <laughs> I, I don't know. Because it feels nice. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's a bad thing yeah. to want to, especially in a society where you're not typically like, seen as yeah, one. It's, it's it nice yeah. to be good at something. You know, mm-hmm. is it connected nice to your good. Asian American identity? Oh, getting mm-hmm. real Asian American studies. Oh, being good at climbing, or like trying to assert or, yourself as a powerful male in climbing. Hmm. Do you feel like you're compensating? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Let him answer. Um, I don't. I don't know. Maybe I've never thought about it. Maybe subconsciously, I am. Um, I think at this point in my life, I'm um, like confident in myself and like what I can and can't do. Um, uh, Especially, yeah, with regards to like Asian American males and their masculinity, like I don't care (laughs) what people really think Mm -hmm. about me. Um, But that may also be in part like, Climbing may have given me like mm. a level of confidence, you know, where mm. it's like, oh, this here's an Asian male. He has long hair. He kind of looks like a girl. He's skinny. He has like a, you know, skinny frame. Look at those hips. And I'm like, okay, yeah, but like, watch me do this climb that you can't even touch. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I think there's a lot of reasons, a lot of other factors that we're not considering when we think of the tech bro intersection with climbing. Like, for example, the fact that you describe climbing as a puzzle. And I think that can draw a lot of like analytical minds. So it makes sense that people who are basically solving puzzles all day like that. So there's a lot of different factors that go into these. I mean, everyone says a stereotype is a stereotype for a reason, right? There's some truth in it. But it's interesting Mm -hmm. to hear from your perspective because... I think as Asian women, it's a little different just because we have different stereotypes placed upon us. But yeah, I think yeah. everyone's thought here is different too. Do you mm-hmm. think we're climb, or do you, do you personally climb to get out of the Asian American woman stereotype like that? You're like small and like weak. Is it empowering? Or, maybe, yeah. Maybe subconsciously, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even consciously, it is really power. Okay, we're only at like V2 level. So it's not like we're like super <laughs> raging and powerful. Yeah. <laughs> not yet. Not not yet. But see us in it like is, a year. It is super nice to be able to like send a client that you've been working on for a while and to feel I don't know, this sounds really like head ass, but to feel the like the power of it, I guess. The like, power rush. Can, mm. You can feel your muscles working. You feel the adrenaline rush, especially when it's like kind of a scary end and Mm. you have to make a jump or something like that. So I don't know. I don't know if I'm consciously going against it though. It feels especially good when you get a climb and then like a male does it and he doesn't get the climb. (laughs) You're like, yes, that's the only Yeah. And I think that goes into like why beta sprain is especially annoying for women because you're coming into a space that you want to feel you're on equal ground and you're, you're you're like physically capable of being on equal ground, but like someone's big mouth gets in the way of it and it like yeah. brings you back down to reality. So that's why I find especially beta sprain from men like super uh, irritating. That's why you should get <laughs> so strong that when someone does beta spray you, it's their project, but it's your warm up. 
And then you just like, they're like, oh yeah, just put your photo here. Just flex like, oh, on them. Yeah, flash exactly. It. And then just, and then just flash yeah. yeah, just flash your project. <laughs> How do you stop Brady's brain though? Like, if people who like don't ask and they just like start talking, you like can't defend against it. Like, you can't not hear. Just what walk they away. Say, right? Just like fall off the wall. Just yeah. Walk <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I've ever confronted anyone about beta spraying directly. Because mm. um, it feels like weird. I don't know. It feels somewhat like aggressive. Like they're probably just trying to be nice. Um, you can't always just wear headphones at the gym, I guess, mm. and just block everyone out. Um, but then you can't really talk to people at the gym if that is what you want right. to do. Mm, well, yeah. Kevin, we typically end our episodes with our guests by asking for their advice, but maybe instead of advice, maybe you can give us some overview of like climbing gym etiquette. Like we all Best know practices. and all of our listeners should know not mm. to beta spray, but like, what about leaving a chalk bag somewhere? Or I don't know, just like little things that might be intimidating <laughs> to learn, but it's just simple, you know, good etiquette of climbing. Mm. Let's see. Okay, so one, don't beta spray. If you're going to talk to yes. someone about a climb, just be like, hey, do you want beta or whatever? Um, you know, um, keep your shirt on. <laughs> so, uh, like, you should put your shirt off. No, I didn't. Oh, oh. Well, I have, but <laughs> I have. But like, I put it back on after. Um, or like, it was just especially hot. That, that doesn't usually happen. <laughs> Um, but yeah, keep your shirt off if you can. Keep your shirt on if you oh. can. <laughs> uh, what else is there? Oh, um, if when you're chalking up, don't like make a, cl- a chalk cloud around people. Like, don't do that thing where like it snows on someone and then they can't. Mm. They're just breathing in your hand, your chalk. Hand um, chalk. Yeah, your hand chalk, your hand dust. Um. What else is there? Oh, um, when you're climbing, especially indoors uh, at a bouldering gym, look around. Always look up because uh, I had this happen at the um, the new Brooklyn boulders where I was climbing on something. And then uh, this guy started climbing on this climb that went underneath me. Oh, and I had oh. to just like hang out there uh, for like 15, 20 seconds, which doesn't sound that long, but it's really long on a climb. And I was just like, I had to wait for him to like get out of the way because if I fell, I would have fallen by right on just him. tell him to get out of the way? I told him after. I was like, hey, you need to look upward. Um, I don't know. <laughs> oh, he, was, he was a new climber. <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess it's just like, oh, just it hang out here. It is a safety thing. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, it is definitely a thing. Um, what else is there? Climbing etiquette. Uh, I don't know. Just be respectful of other people who are there and... um. You know, just be aware of like your surroundings and the people around or what you might be saying. Um, especially like if you're there talking with your friends, like people can hear you. <laughs> mm. um, so don't they say anything you wouldn't say in front of HR. Well, I I have a follow-up question on that because I think a lot of we we know beta spraying is bad, but something that I was very self-conscious of is like climbing and then people talking about me or the way I'm doing certain things. Like, is that a common thing? Like, um, I don't know. Everyone watches people while they climb. I do it now just to like pick up on a technique or something. But Mm -hmm. is there etiquette around that? 
in any way around watching someone climb or like maybe like commenting or like, like commenting about how people or, climb. yeah hmm i feel like like are you i think it depends on the situation maybe um like if you're mm-hmm. also interested in the same climb you can be like hey i'm also working on that climb do you have any advice or like i saw you did this um you know do you think like you could try this other way see that also gets into beta spraying territory it's like hey have you tried doing this um you know uh i think it's like definitely better if you're also working on it if you're like on a similar level sometimes they just miss like a foothold and you can just be like hey did you notice that uh that foothold was here actually wait no don't say that (laughs) say like (laughs) just be like hey so you didn't want to use that foothold over there and then they'll be like it's even worse is it worse oh no yeah. it's just like, like oh, you that... purposely chose not to use well yeah no it's like foothold. it's like oh is that foothold over there not good so then it gives them a chance to be like um, yeah i don't like it or oh i didn't notice that um instead of like telling them uh, yeah instead okay. of telling them like hey you forgot that one yeah, because maybe they did mm-hmm. notice it and they just didn't uh, want to. Maybe use they're it. like you, Kevin, who's trying to cut off as many holes as possible just to yeah. do something fancy and extra. That, well, <laughs> that's just for extra training. That's something else. <laughs> Are those your best yeah. practices, Kevin? That's all I can think of right now. Um, mm. It's mostly for bouldering. Uh, Y'all should do some ropes. I'm gonna I'm gonna give some unsolicited advice because I know you said you didn't want oh. advice, but I'm just gonna say you should um if you're climbing and if you can, uh and you're bouldering primarily, you should do some ropes. The endurance training is what really a coincidence. good. It's uh it's wow. very it's very good to do ropes. Um, yeah, it's good okay. for you. It's good. Okay. <laughs> no taken. Well. <laughs> We are glad to be able to do a deep dive into climbing. I know that every time we do a weekly recap, it's always a staple presence in our podcast. So glad to be able to have Kevin on and give us some hidden insight into the world of climbing, which we are now starting to penetrate. And oh, don't say that. Penetrate. <laughs> I mean, we talked about how it's intimidating, um, but we also talked about ways that it can be inclusive as well there are definitely both ways it can be inaccessible but for me it's about like valuing friendship and health and that's why i'm so enthusiastic about climbing and hopefully listeners will be able to try it out or uh definitely don't meet us at If you like this episode, make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And you can find us on Instagram at movingalongpod and check out our Medium blog for all of our bonus contents. You can follow us there at movingalong.medium.com. Until next time. Bye. Bye.